Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We do have a Super Bowl champion. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll break it down from every angle, slap it up, flip it, and rub it down right here on Ball Don't Lie. Also, we'll get into some other NFL news, notes, and nuggets. The Texans hired a new OC. That's a little bit on the back burner, but we'll get to it. Also, Texas basketball. Big game. Big Monday coming up versus Texas Tech. We'll preview that and review their big win. Oh, man, just an Old Testament-style butt-whipping they put on the West Virginia Mountaineers. We'll get into all that and what may be uh, the grandest baby announcement in the history of pop culture. We'll get into all of that and more. Uh, before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres. He wanted to chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, ladies and gentlemen, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Cowboys fans rejoice. As I told you on Friday, we were going to be going for the former team that was known as the Dallas Texans. We got Kansas City Chiefs, and we don't have to listen to the Philly fans talking about they the champ. Praise him. Praise him. But let's talk about my boy that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime. Super Bowl. I mean, he played for the Chiefs, too. Hall of Famer. And he's a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. My man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro. Let's not waste any time. Introduce the real MVP. He's the idealionaire on the show. One of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're damn certain that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, man. I've never been so happy to be wrong. Uh, I was glad we got a good game on Sunday. It was a great game. Yes. You were I was to, very happy yes. it was a good game, and I was wrong. You, you were predicted potentially could be a blowout. blowout. You and I picked Philly. My man Harge picked Kansas City, so he was right on that one. I, I said I, so I was torn to the last minute. I yep, said it was going to be a good game. It could go either way. I do think it could have gone either way. Uh, just like any great game, we got four or five plays potentially uh, that made the difference, but the Kansas City Chiefs made those plays. They are your Super Bowl champions. So we will discuss it. We'll break it down. I mean, it's a lot to get into. The legacy of Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. now. The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles now. Uh, we'll also get into uh, some of the X's and O's. The, the, the schematic breakdown. You know, I got you on that. So we'll get into some of that. Um, but before we do that, let me give you the number to the Specs text line because you're the heartbeat of this thing. So hit us up, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse and Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Also, we'll, we'll discuss the halftime show. We'll discuss all the pop culture uh the theater surrounding the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll get into the halftime show. We'll get into the commercials. We'll get into the pregame festivities as well. So we're not going to ignore that part of it. But we'll talk about the game, of course. All right. So, uh, Harge, you were the right. You, you predicted Kansas City would win. So I'll give you the floor first. Where do you want to start? Because there are a lot of different layers we could hit. We can hit it from a lot of different angles. Uh, where do you want to start with this thing? And what did you see that ultimately you thought was the biggest difference, biggest factor? Okay. So let's look at it this way. And the numbers will tell us something different. But when you look at it and you say this team is uh, gave up 35 points, 38 points, you would say, oh, my goodness, what kind of game was this? Mm. But let me just tell you this. This was a hard-hitting 
slobber knocker felt like type that. of game, yeah. starting from the very beginning of the game. From the very beginning, the first time they got the ball, they got punched in the mouth. There was a bunch of plays on the sideline. They were getting hit. And I kept saying, okay, we're going to show some physicality in this game because we already knew what the Philadelphia Eagles defense looked at. We was already talking about the front four and the front seven and how they were getting there. The one question that we were going to end up trying to figure out was what was that secondary going to do? I love me some Bradbury, and we'll get into that play a little bit later. But I also know what Darius Slay is about. He's big play Slay. That's what everybody's been talking about. But you also got to look at what was happening on the depths. And then on the other side, and I meant to bring this up on Friday, and I almost texted you Friday night. I was going to say, Rod, you know who we never brought up during the week? We never brought up Justin Reed. We never brought up your former Houston Texan player, Justin Reed. And he came out laying the hat right away as well. And I was like, man, that's that back-end experience for what you were talking about with all the rookies that were going to be on the defensive side of the ball for them. And that was the one person in that leadership that I meant to text you and say – you yeah. know, I should have told you about this. Yeah, and Sneed. Yeah, and Sneed. And, 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 yeah. and Sneed pretty yeah. much right. The rest of those guys were young. And they went after him. And they went after they him went right after away. Him they went after the they young had guys. The beat ball yep. to, uh, to A.J. Brown, the touchdown. Where, where my man couldn't judge it, looked like a bad the center fielder. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, man, he yeah. could have made a play the on AJ that ball. A.J. Brown shot. They just took yeah. a couple shots. Even when they were, guys were covered up. Right. I mean, it was double coverage. Because they felt they, they their felt, guy could win. They felt, you know, these are rookies. We're going to be able to win. And they were right. Like one one time that AJ exactly. Brown catched, they were right about that one. That was a big one. Yeah, it was a play. huge play in the game, um, and and the fact that they were taking that risk and they were going after uh, the deep shots because we kept saying I thought that Kansas City was going to be the one to take that shot every once in a while. They were going to take it, but it looked to me Philadelphia said I'm gonna go over the top and and Jalen Hurts for everything that he was going through during that game because we got to put some. Respect on his name. That dude showed up and played in a huge setting and never looked faced. <laughs> he he did. He he played great. I mean, we can get into his. I mean, he's the first player in uh, Super Bowl history to have at least three hundred yards passing, at least seventy yards rushing mm-hmm. uh, in the game. So he was phenomenal. But let's just throw it out there because I think this is where the game was lost. Because it was it was a great game. I actually it was real. I, I I really enjoyed it and I was thoroughly entertained uh, the entire game. And hell, the Eagles. Had a double digit lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a double digit lead. Mm-hmm. Usually in the Super Bowl, I think prior Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl uh, winners, or actually winners, uh, but the Super Bowl teams who were had a double digit lead at halftime were 26 and 1 prior to that game. Yep, so yep. It, it was something that's pretty much a done deal when you're they? up. Um, and I believe the only, the only one win was Tom Brady when um, he came back against the Falcons. And now, obviously, you got another. A potential goat <laughs> right. that's in that conversation with Patrick Mahomes now. Mm-hmm. Both of his Super Bowl victories, by the way, down 10 points yep. in yep. the fourth quarter, down double digits in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. That is astounding, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but getting back to where I think the game was lost, and by the way, it was won because Kansas City won the game, so I'm not saying that Kansas City didn't do the damn thing. They won the game. We'll get into that. There, All three phases, essentially, uh-huh. for, for Philadelphia – uncharacteristically let them down. Yep. You're talking about the, the third best sack unit in NFL history with the 78 sacks they had going into this game, right? Whatever it was. Um, and they got zero sacks. Never been touched. Zero sacks. Nope. That's a big, that's huge. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, so that's the defense. I think that was a letdown there. I think they only got seven pressures total. So they just Correct. didn't really get to Mahomes. He did a great job sack avoidance. He's arguably, not arguably, he is. He's the best quarterback in the NFL at avoiding sacks. And you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what about guys like Lamar Jackson? What about, you know, uh, Kyla Murray? Yep. Guys like that. Uh, yeah, they just decide to run. That's different uh, than avoiding a sack. He's avoiding a sack and he's looking to make the play downfield and throw it. Yep. That's why his sack avoidance rate. Is- uh, uh, is lower than, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's the best sack avoidance rate in the NFL. Um, so that was a letdown. Special teams, the longest punt return in NFL history in the fourth quarter? Yeah, buddy. Game within one point? Yeah, buddy. Kadarius Tony. Hey, make it make an impact somehow, wall. right? Hey, I get it. It was a great it was a great play. Say that part again. Build a wall. They build a wall. I said it. I, oh. I, as soon as I saw the punt great. being set up, and I was like, when he kept his feet, yeah. After he kept his feet, because he slipped, and we can talk about that field as well. Oh, yeah. But after he slipped, and I saw the way he cut back open, I said, oh, my God, he's got a wall. He might take this to the house. Yep. He, they set that up beautifully Yep. because of that over-pursuit. Everybody and, didn't stay in their lane. Right, and Kadaris Tony, you know, if he – usually you get end up getting tackled. He avoided like three yeah. tackles, was able yeah. to just, you know, sidestep them, and he found the wall, and that was it. So you're talking about the longest punt return mm-hmm. in Super Bowl history. Your special teams unit let you down, all right? Yep. Your punt coverage unit lets you down. For them, I haven't done the research, but I imagine that's probably the longest punt return they've given up of the season, too. Yep. So zero sacks. And then the big punt return, and then Jalen Hurts, who's had eight turnovers this year, six interceptions. I think he lost two fumbles. In that moment, to have that lost fumble, Ugh. and then not only that, for it to end up being a scoop and score. Mm-hmm. It, and it, hey, he's, he's entitled to make a mistake. He's human. Yeah. Um, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, size but is that in that game, your margin for error shrinks considerably. Mm-hmm. It is minuscule. It is tiny. And the margin of error was thin, and Philadelphia made too many big-time mistakes in all three phases, Mm -hmm. pretty much. And I'll talk about the sacks. That's just something that's just glaring. But the mistake really was for the defense, they did not fix a a simple cheat code that Andy Reid put within his passing game, which was the short, quick motion that he obviously used a ton, but then used it for the short, quick, what they call pivot motion or return motion yep. that ended up being the two touchdowns to Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. The first one, I get it. You're entitled to make a mistake, right? Everyone makes a mistake. The second one, though, to Sky Moore? Yep. Guys, it's the same concept. We didn't get a discussion on the bench about, okay, guys, okay, listen, they obviously tried to fake us out. So if they do decide to go across the formation, we'll rock and roll it. What they mean by rock and roll it is, we're going to shift the uh, entire coverage. All right, we're just going to roll the coverage. I'm going to bump, everybody's going to bump over one man. That's how you shift it. They were were rock and rolling uh, all of those jet sweep motions across the formation. But the cheat code that Andy Reid put in, once he found out they were going to, Rock and roll it. He decided, all right, you know what? Let's go over return motion, which, by the way, uh, Sark has used. We've seen other teams use it before. He used it in national title game to get Devontae Smith a touchdown, ironically. <laughs> um, and it, he everybody, got him a lot of passes yeah, during yeah. that time. Um, but it, it's, 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 a, it's not something brand new. Everybody's like, oh, that's mind-blowing. No, it's not. Teams use it all the time. Literally, you can watch Big 12 football enough. You'll see it a ton. <laughs> but uh, the point was Philadelphia didn't fix it. 
they, they let it beat them a second time. The same well, exact concept. And that's which right. was the orbit pivot, the, the, sorry, the jet sweep pivot motion um, return. And it's like, guys, all you got to do is decide if he's going to cross formation. Yes, then you rock and roll the coverage. If not, then he ends up in a stacked twins formation, a stacked twins, which is what they did both times on both touchdowns. Then you just play ban- what people call banjo or tango. One, the inside guy takes the inside cut. The outside player takes the outside cut. Darius Slay essentially screwed up the uh, the, the touchdown to Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, because his eyes were in the backfield. There it and is. And he decided that once they rolled the coverage, he didn't even look at his man. His his man, which was Kadarius Tony, he decided he's no longer my guy. And right. He's like, no, 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 dude. The rules of the coverage still apply. You must have eye discipline. That is your man. All right. Until he crosses the formation or until we complete the bump and roll of the coverage. You did not. You assumed you ran over the top. And then Andy Reid decided he decided to violate the rules uh, <laughs> of your the integrity of your defense. And that's basically what happened. The second time with Sky Moore, same concept. And they didn't fix it. He said, guess you're professionals. Yeah. Come on, man. It's pretty simple. Hey, guys, all right, everybody listen. We ain't got to talk about it. If they crosses the formation, we roll the coverage. We bump it. If not, we play banjo, we tango, inside cut, inside outside game. That's it. That's where we go. Like, what the hell is going on? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I, that is why every phase of the game let them down with crucial mistakes. Sorry. Yeah, and I agree, but this is – and that's what my point is. Are, they went into halftime, and because they had that double-digit lead, because they can say, well, there was that turnover in the first half, and that's what ended up, or we had that turnover, and that's why we're only up 10, we could be up more. All those things you can look at, they didn't fix the glaring errors that were clearly going to haunt them in the second half of, hey, man, our pass rush isn't getting home. We need to figure that out. Hey, man, our running backs are doing nothing. Like, we are a, we're a beat-em-down team, and our running backs are averaging under three yards a carry. We got to figure, like, Jalen Hurts is running okay, but even him's getting, every time we try and string him to the outside, they're catching up to him. Yeah. So we got to figure out a way to beat him up the middle and just get yards to make drives and kill clock because we have a lead. And they didn't fix either one of those problems. And they became glaring when Andy Reid and his staff went in and fixed all their problems at halftime and came out with a different game plan and were able to get the, take the game away. But you have to go, Sirianni just seemed like he went in the locker room and went, oh, dude, we're up 10, even we're not playing our best football. It looks like we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. You go, man, it's a Super Bowl. You're going against an all-time great coach. You can't walk in with the mentality of things are going to be the same in the second half. You have to go in and go, okay, I think now they're going to do this. We had two weeks to prepare. We, what, what do we think that Andy Reid's adjustments were going to be if this happened? How many scenarios did we play out, and how can we make the adjustments now so that we're ready and our pass rush can now get home in the second half? How are we going to be able to change our coverage? Because whatever we did to try and stop Travis Kelsey clearly isn't working. So let's try and go back and fix that. And, and let's just make small adjustments of, hey, let's go look at that play and let's just fix, let's not have that same mistake happen again. Let's not have those same little mistakes. Because we're on the path to win this. All we got to do is just fix our little problems and we'll be fine. And they didn't fix anything and the Chiefs did. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. the one thing that I was looking at too the, the physicality of both sides of the ball for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. There was, no, there was no conversations that we were really, really having about the offensive side, except for the fact you did mention the, that they re- rebuilt that line of scrimmage for Patrick Mahomes after mm-hmm. what they saw against Tampa Bay. And, and then you started to see, okay, this game right here, they opposed their will on the Philadelphia e- defense because they led the game in rushing. 
you know, Patrick was talking about their rushing, the running backs weren't doing anything, and that was more of a credit to what we thought was going to happen from Chris Jones and Frank Clark and the way that they were attacking the Philadelphia Eagles line of scrimmage. But they were physical on that offensive line for Kansas City. They took it personal. They took it to where they felt like nobody's giving them credit for what they've done this year to get them to the Super Bowl, and everybody kept talking about how physical Philadelphia was. And it wasn't just us talking about it because the numbers didn't lie. They were definitely one of the best teams. But nationally, everybody kept talking about, oh, this might be one of those teams that can just go out there and dominate. Going into it, we thought, hey, hopefully they don't do it like uh, Tampa did in that other Super Bowl. But they came out and they took it personal as well, and they, they, they answered the bell in the call for this championship game. They they did. I agree. They um, it was surprising on both both lines of scrimmage, right? Uh, Patrick brought up the the running backs for Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which it, I think they had their running backs had seventeen rushes for forty five yards. Most of that running game was Jalen Hurts. But let's not yeah, you know let, hey, let's not discount Patrick Mahomes a big part of their Kansas City running game too. Yep. <laughs> I mean, a big part of it, including that 26-yard run that he had, which was a clutch run, and nobody assumed that he could do that with the high ankle sprain, even after re-injuring it, I believe, in the first half. Um, but getting back to the lines of scrimmage, the Kansas City rush defense and the Kansas City mm-hmm. line, uh, defensive line of scrimmage, they only stack the box, which means you have more defenders than blockers in the box. They only stacked it 23% of the time. That was the... Uh, you go look at it, um, you know, Philly running backs failed to have a 10-plus yard run. That's only the second time all year yep. that a Philly running back didn't break a run of at least 10 yards. Um, I always say just because there are, you know, six players in the box doesn't mean there's just six players in the fit. You can put other guys in the fit that can just play it from a distance. That's exactly what Kansas City did. They had a lot of players in the run fit, but they kept their safeties deep. And they made sure that, you know, they were able to contain Philadelphia's run game with a light box. And, and nobody saw that coming. Right. Everybody assumed you got to stack the box against Philadelphia's run game to stop it. And Kansas City did not do that. They didn't fall right. into that trap. And, you know, I'm glad they didn't fall into that trap because they really didn't need to. They were able to right. stop the running game or at least neutralize the running game without stacking the box, which would have left them vulnerable at the top. And I think, I think Philadelphia assumed. That they would stack the box. Why they came out passing? Right. They came out throwing the ball because they're like, no, no, no. They gonna stack the box. They really didn't stack the box against them. Philadelphia was just aggressive and threw the ball a ton, which I think you know paid off for them. If not for the Jalen Hurts fumble end up being a scooping score, uh, it probably is a different stat line and a different game altogether. But that's the the thin line. All right, it's a game of inches. That's a thin line you're dealing with with the NFL, especially the Super Bowl. Right, and one of the things that we talked about on Friday before we left, we were talking about the fact of um, looking at the defense, right? I mean, the, the turnovers. How is turn, turn, turnovers going to be a factor in this game? Well, it happened. The one play, the one big turnover was a scooping score, and that was the difference in the ball game technically. But when you start looking at the way that they were scheming this game, and to your point about being on the defensive side of the ball for Kansas City and stopping that run game, that was a huge part of it because that's the way that they've been winning all their games. They've been playing bully ball, and they couldn't play bully ball this week. It was it was an effective game plan, and what do we say? Spagnola, baby. Spagnola. They kept showing him, and he kept making those adjustments, making yeah, those adjustments, did. 
And again, I know people are going to look at it and say, man, that game was 38-35. 38-35. It don't look like anybody played any defense, but you're missing it. They did. It was a great defensive battle because they were playing, as you like to call it, they were playing chess. It was a chess match for both of the coaching staffs to adjust to what the defense of both teams were doing and what the offense was doing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. No, it's um, if you look at the way Patrick Mahomes played, ultimately I don't know if Philadelphia could have made many adjustments to what he was doing in the second half. He just started playing elite football. And it just mm-hmm. started, I mean, he was, he was damn near perfect. In the, in the second half on their drives, they scored, Kansas City, second half, they scored on three of their four, they scored, scored touchdowns, let's say, on three of their four second half positions, and then scored a field goal on, of course, the game-winning field goal on the last possession. They're the, on, the only other team since 2000 to score on every second half drive was actually the Eagles versus the Patriots. <laughs> when they won their last Super Bowl um, with Nick Foles at the helm. And then you go look at Philadelphia in the second half, field goal, punt, touchdown, and, of course, the uh, incompletion that led to the end. Of the- Kansas City was perfect in the second half. Zero penalties, no turnovers, no punts, right. no sacks a lot, only one incompletion, which was a throwaway. Uh, Patrick Mahomes basically showed you why he's on his way potentially to competing for being the GOAT, but why he is the unquestioned best quarterback in the league. There is... At this point now, it is. It, if there was any discussion, I think all of us were probably much on the bandwagon that he is the, the best quarterback in the league. Uh, but now, I mean, there is no discussion. There is no debate. And the start to his career is something oh, we'll man. get into yeah, later on. Uh, but I, I want to get to this little uh, nugget. Remember I talked about him holding a ball, if he holds the ball mm-hmm. for you know too long, it usually gets Patrick Mahomes in a little bit of trouble, and that's what you want. You want him to, you want to disrupt his process. And force him to hold onto the ball. And by the way, they were doing that in the first half. Yeah. In the first half, his average time to throw was around two point seven seconds. That's exactly what you want. That means he's that means he's not processing everything quickly. He's questioning his pre snap diagnosis and his pre snap read. Lou Anarumo is probably the best defensive coordinator in the league at getting Patrick Mahomes to question his pre snap read. Nobody else is better at it than him. Think about the best defenses in the league, Philly and San Fran, and what did, what did uh, Kansas City do to both of those defenses? What? Score 30, exactly. 38. Them, what did they score against San Fran? Up. Lit them up. What did they score against San Fran? 33 or yeah. whatever it was? I don't lit know. What it was. I can't remember. But it, it scored a ton of points. Those are the best defenses in the league. And Patrick Mahomes, in the first half, he had a 2.72 uh, seconds time to throw. Uh, and in the second half, it was 2.3. Yeah. So he started getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and he was 13 of 14 in the second half. Yeah, he was he was dialed in and precise in the second half. All of this, by the way, on a busted leg. That's on a busted very, leg, yeah. yeah. He, he had one pass attempt over 20 yards the entire game, which has kind of been his M.O. all year. Yeah, one pass not, attempt over 20 yeah. yards. That's he, it. He was averaging 6.7 yards per uh, uh, completion. And the thing about it is, though, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because – you, he finally got to the point in his career, and again, he's an MVP, where he took what the defense has given him because he was greedy before. He was the big play guy. He wanted to make the big play. What did you say um, last, last week about the numbers of his big play compared oh, to what it is got, now? 
I think he had one touchdown of 20-plus yards all yeah. season. That's it. Yeah. Just one. And even that touchdown to Kelsey was right on the cusp. It was mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. It was 18 yards. So you sit there and you look at the maturity of a Patrick Mahomes and where he's grown as a quarterback. And you could give it to Andy Reid. You can give it to to uh, Eric Bieniemy. You can give it to whoever you want to give it to. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes had to go out there and change the way he approached the game um, as a quarterback that was, you know, known as a gunslinger because mm-hmm. of the way that he does it. He's not your ter- traditional quarterback dropping back and wanting to sit in the pocket the entire time. He does. He's made a huge jump in his his movement and laterally and stepping up in the pocket. So you can give him a, a a pat on the back for that. But the entire time, his maturity has changed so much to where he understands the value of the football and making sure he's not turning it over. Yeah. No, it's uh, he's – he's. I mean, he really has got the greatest start to an NFL career in the history of the NFL, so we've never yeah. seen anything like it. Uh, if he stays on this trajectory, yeah, he damn sure got a chance to catch Tom Brady. The, the question is, well, how long does Andy Reid stick around with, Tom, with Patrick Mahomes? Because that's the key. I mean, is there, when you got that, this, you want to stick yeah, around. It's the synchronicity <laughs> and the combination. You're right. I mean, he makes it easy. Yeah, he makes, he makes it, it easy, easy for to you around. to stick around. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> easy. So now the only quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowl MVPs and regular season MVPs, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And it took Tom Brady 12 seasons to get multiple Super Bowl MVPs and multiple uh, NFL MVPs, and it took, what, but Joe Montana, 11 seasons to get there? Yeah. Took Patrick Mahomes six. My man, and five as a starter. Because don't forget, he yeah. came in the league uh-huh. as a backup, right. and then all of a sudden, boom, here I am. It is it is phenomenal to watch the growth and maturation of him and just think, Texas Tech fans, I know he's yours, but y'all didn't have a great record with him there. Well, that's more the defense uh, than anything. I understand. Yeah, right. that, that the offense could score. I mean, they was giving up 50, 60 points. They, they were scoring at times 50 points and losing. And losing. Like, that's unheard of, scoring 50 <laughs> points and losing. And Texas Tech was doing it. They were doing it, uh, like, frequently. Yeah. It was happening with frequency, like a ton. Yeah. Like, frequently. He's he, he's a beast, man. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with him. And I'll get into this in a little bit in the Hard Knocks life because there's so much about him that people – you know, want to be critical of a lot of times early, I don't think you can be that critical of him anymore. I think he's already shut down all the haters, and so has uh, my man Jalen Hurts. I'm going to have to give him some propers as well. No, I love Jalen Hurts. Uh, you just can't have the fumble. You can't yeah, have it. that's it. You can't have the it. The one play. Great great play by Bolton. He He's forced to fumble and then recovered the scoop and score. Great play by him. And he almost and- had another one. And, oh, yeah, they almost they he, had, And it was yeah. him. It was Nick Bolton again yeah, that, that picked oh, it up. Oh, you're right. That was close. <laughs> it was I, I, that that could have gone either way. Yeah, it I, was anyway, real close. It was bang, bang. That could have yeah. gone either way. And then think about it. This is how football is a game of interest. I know we're up against the break, so we got to get to it. But that play where uh, Jalen Hurst fumbled the ball, and you could argue that was arguably the biggest play of the game. Mm-hmm. Think about before that, it's second and one. And I think Kenneth Gainwell was stopped short, made it third and one. And everybody knows third and one or fourth and one, Eagles are money because they're just going to run that quarterback sneak all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. But on third and one, um, they had a penalty. Yep. Right, that false start. That false start on that the short yard. Yeah. 
put him at third and six, and then they tried the quarterback draw. Did not work. Then he got the he got tackled yep. in the backfield, fumbles the football, loses it, goes in for a touchdown. That, I mean, that's the game right there. Game changer, baby. That you were your worst enemy. Yep. You were you were at this. You were in the situation where you are arguably the best, most effective, most efficient team in the NFL. We're a third and one or fourth and one. You got us on your way to scoring yes. and going up twenty-one seven. Ding 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 ding. And instead, you have a false start. Put you at third and six, third and medium. You try a quarterback draw. You figure, ah, what's the worst that could happen? We're gonna Man, go for it again anyway. We'll go for it again anyway. Exactly. Your quarterback who has what two fumbles lost all year, only yep. eight turnovers, fumbles the football. Mm-hmm. They scoop and score. And it's a totally different game. Totally you're different up twenty-one to seven. That's a different game altogether yeah, than being. For sure. You you end up tied at that point. Mm. But that was still double digits. We know what that man does across there when he no, gets I know, that double digit. But you, you think about it, Eagle, the Eagles' formula is all yeah, based on yeah. playing with a lead. No doubt. Think about it. They're the greatest second quarter team in the history of the NFL. Yep. They outscored their teams by 116 points in the second quarter alone this year. They were outscored in the fourth quarter this year. They were terrible in the fourth quarter. But they were awesome in the second quarter. And that play was what in the second quarter, was it not? Hey. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, but I mean, yeah, if you take away that, play, <laughs> that was their only it, points it, that they scored in the in the second quarter. Yeah, because exactly. you take away that play, you could be going in the half. What 28-7? I think it was twenty one. It would have been twenty one no. seven. Right? And by the way, I took that no, it second was, quarter bet again. It was fourteen to seven. I think it was fourteen to seven. But they could have scored on that drive. Yeah, that man, twenty one to seven. Twenty one yeah. to seven. And so maybe you, you got half. it. Right. Maybe you could get it back. I don't know. Yeah, and then right. you want twenty four. So we thirty one to seven. You have a possibility of going to halftime. Exactly. Thirty one to seven. Thank you. Huge difference. Big difference. Fourteen that loves playing with the lead. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it changed. It, it really did change the dynamic. Everything. All right. So hey, that second qu- that second quarter hit me again. Did Thank it? you. Thank you for your stat, brother. <laughs> Thank you for your stat, brother. Yeah, here's the stat real quick. Philly outscored their opponents this year by 116 points in the second quarter, best number in the history of the NFL. But they were outscored in the, four, in the fourth quarter by 14 points. So basically, they outscored their opponents by 116 points in the second quarter, but in all three other quarters combined, they only outscored their opponents by 17 points. Mm-hmm. Crucial. 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 All right, we come back. We'll get into the Texans making a hire at OC right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition. Um, actually, Super Bowl Monday edition, too, of Ball Don't Lie. Um, trying to ease uh, the tortured soul of sports fans out there, mostly Philly fans. Dude, it's been a rough sports calendar for Philly. Because <laughs> they lost yeah. the MLS title. Yeah, We know that, right? Yeah. They, we were watching it actually. When yes. We were at uh right. You're right. You were, we were La Vaca. That, that was Not, a, yeah, we were at La Vaca. That was a game day. It was a game day. Yeah, great, yep. great memory. Yep. Uh, and then they lost the World Series. Yep. Phillies, and not a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
Next thing we got to look at is see what hockey does this year. Hey, well, no, that's oh, it. Phil, Phil, uh, yeah, if the 76ers, 76ers are in, in the Sixers, that's in right. the finals, take the Western Conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a great point. No matter how good Philly is. That's a great uh, point. Take the, uh, is Philly even can, Yeah, they're good. No, they're, they're good. They're, they're, good. they're, good. Okay. Like, they're yeah. still a good team. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good. They're, they're just they're, they're right below the Celtics. but Yeah, Celtics. Have, the Celtics are looking really good. Look yeah. really good Did you know that it's All-Star Weekend this weekend? Uh, crept up, crept yeah, up. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we'll get into that. I, yeah, I, I, I was like, up. I was like, oh, it's like two more weeks away. So it's next. It's this weekend. <laughs> yeah, crept up on me. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, we got it. Okay, that's good though. That that does mark. Like that's like a uh, what my man Craig Way always said. That's kind of a a sign, a mile a, a mile marker, if you will. Yeah. In the sports calendar, an All Star game, then we can kind of switch transition totally. Yes. Our focus to the NBA. Um, but right now, of course, we're talking a lot of NFL. I know there, and yeah, and of course, um, there are a lot of people talking about the penalty to James Bradbury. You guys know I don't talk a lot about officiating. Right. I love the old Mac Brown saying, players play, coaches coach, officials officiate. We just let them do their thing. They're mm-hmm. all really different. It, it, it was holding. I'm a DB. It was holding. It was holding. You said it. He I watched, said it. And, and the DB said it Bradbury first. Bradbury said it. Yeah, he said, man, I was hoping he'd let me slide on that, but this time he didn't. This time he didn't. And the other part of it is he missed them earlier. He was holding Juju earlier on the crossing route. Yeah. And Juju lost his mind there talking about that was a hold, and everybody in my house was saying it was a hold, too. Oh, no, but, yeah. You start to cross. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Where he gets, grabs the upfield arm. Twice. So that would have been more, yeah, more, you could call that it a P.I. That would have been a P.I., yeah, for sure. Anything. Yeah, but you're right about that. Yeah. And Dominique it, Fossworthy this morning said it. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan Clark said it. Bart, Bart Scott said it. Come the on. only person who didn't say it was passing, I mean, holding Dan Orlowski. And I'm sitting there looking like, Dan, you're an offensive guy. You're supposed to be begging for that. Nah, exactly. If those guys who played the game said it was holding, holding. you need to defer. Dan Orlovsky (laughs) also said uh, he told his advice to Tom Brady was your opinion needs to be wrong. That was his advice to Tom Brady about doing commentating. So I don't know if I'm going to take his opinion. <laughs> if that was his advice, that your opinion needs to be wow. wrong. Wow. It's a, he, it was a longer thing that quotes kind of out of context. I know, but, he but he's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like Danilovsky, but yeah, sometimes Dude, he. This is a weird quote. Yeah, yeah sometimes he wanders yeah, down a different path. That's okay. I yeah. do the same thing, uh, but no, I, I don't listen. I'm not into the penalty thing. You can argue that that. The refs were letting things go. I think they called just nine penalties. Yeah, it was a good. It, it was a clean game to me. Yeah. I thought they did a good job. Yeah, they didn't call a lot of penalties. There was nothing that was egregious where you can honestly say, "Oh my gosh, they blew that." And six of them were pre-snap penalties, yep, yep. like offsides, illegal yep. shifts, whatever it is, illegal formation, um, false start. False start. So, yep. Yeah, whatever it is. So only three of them were real-time in-play penalties. Mm-hmm. So and all those were on the Eagles. By the way, a lot of people were talking about the conspiracy theory about Carl Sheffers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I don't know if you can go with that because most of the penalties were, the real-time penalties were on the Eagles, and a lot of those penalties were pre-snap penalties. So I thought it was a on a cleanly officiated game. If you could argue that, I guess you could say, hey, man, they were letting them play the whole game. They probably should let them play in that moment. Yep. Uh, it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it was a penalty. I'm not, I, I don't. I don't listen to that, well, you shouldn't call it at that time or whatever. It's yeah. a penalty. It's a penalty, man. And no matter what, we, you should call it. We can't live in this <laughs> we, we can't live in this distorted world where we complain about officials <laughs> not calling right. penalties and then get upset about them actually calling penalties. Then then we're basically you might as well be capital hit you know what I mean? like what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it no makes doubt. no sense at all. All right, no so doubt. I think we should just forget about it. even when the player says the penalty and then the 
the evidence suggests it is also a penalty. What are we arguing about? Right. Like facts, exactly. facts have to matter. <laughs> Come on, not how Come you on, feel. Rod. Not how you feel. How you feel? Yes, it matters, but not as much as facts. Don't be, bring, facts don't be bringing are, facts to the he, conversation. He held the guy, and the guy admitted that he held him. Well, I think it was just the wrong time to call it. I just, <laughs> I didn't feel like it was the right time. You didn't feel like it was the right time to call a penalty that actually was a penalty in a football game. Right. Come on, man. Yeah. And Seriously, it, and, and that wasn't the reason why they lost. I, I didn't. I that is not the reason. Your feelings don't matter. Exactly, in football games. it sorry. is what it is. It is what it is. It's a yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, it's supposed to be Texan stuff, but uh, just a real quick update on the Texans. They did hire Bobby Slowick as their offensive coordinator, even after the reports that they were interviewing and discussing. Uh, really, Cliff Kingsbury, I believe, was the most popular name that I heard, uh, along with Bobby Sloak. They decided to go with Bobby Sloak, who was the passing game coordinator with the 49ers, and now he will be the offensive coordinator and play caller mm-hmm. of the Houston Texans. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, we were talking about this last week, and it's the familiarity with a coaching staff, right? This is somebody that's been with you um, at for the 49ers, and now you're being hired there as well. My question to you is, and I don't know if you've talked to uh, Shano about this, about my man taking all of his coaches with him. He's taking a couple. Few yeah, of them. he has. Yeah, he's taking and, a I mean, chief, chief of been, staff. Soak's been around for a while with him. Like yeah. Soak started with Mike Shanahan. He's with him in yeah. Washington. I yeah, know that. Mike Shanahan hired him to be the video guy mm-hmm. in Washington right. back in the day. Yeah, and, and I believe he was on the defensive side of the ball at one point he in was, his career. He was a defensive assistant yeah. first. Yeah, that's so how he knows I, I that like nuances, him. those mm-hmm. nuances. And he's he's a pro football focus for a while. Yeah, he's a couple yeah. of years he's working for the pro football focus staff. So he so understands those analytics. He is a big analytics guy, which I like too. I'm you know. I like that about him, and you know, I think for Demico Ryan's as a you know a comfort zone here with the familiarity, he knows his system. Complimentary football, mm-hmm. uh, one of Sark's favorite terms. He knows the complimentary football works well with his style of defense and this style of offense. Right, and I think that's what he wants. That's why I was a little surprised. Remember that he was interviewing Cliff Kingsbury. I was like, man, you don't know if your defense works well with that style air raid style of offense. That's a and most most defensive coordinators complain about the air raid and how it you know subjects the defense to being in you know these very compromising positions. They might oftentimes. have they might have the same agents. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think, Sometimes I think that, those too. might have been J.J. Watt favors, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah. they hired the other Cardinals guy. Right, I'm guessing did. those are probably both J.J. Matt, Watt suggestions. Matt Burt? Yeah, 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 Matt, Matt Burt. So my guess yeah. is those yeah. are both J.J. Watt suggestions because he had been over there for a while and was like, hey, man, why don't you give this guy a look? Yeah. And they're like, hey, man, we've done our we've done our diligence of not listening to players. Yeah, and yeah. so we see where that put us. So we'll at least bring him in for an interview. Well, will JJ go in there us? and say, yeah. "Hey, can you over there try to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back? Can he go talk to him about that?" <laughs> uh, yeah, the, well, uh, the salary. Yeah, mm, that's. A, I don't know if you need to be paying trade him for Brandon Cooks. You're a Texas. You already uh, paying that money. That's a swap. I don't know. Would it a swap? Well, I'm talking about financials. <laughs> well, well, aren't no. they pretty close to mm-hmm. the same amount of money? I know Brandon Cooks is expensive. Yeah, yeah, he's expensive. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Know, I don't. I wouldn't. Honestly, I don't want either one of them at this point <laughs> as a Texas fan. I, I know for a Texas fan, I should take whatever I can get. But I think you should, you should start over with young wide receivers with your young quarterback, and they just build chemistry together. Whoever that quarterback's going to be, nice. I assume it's going to be Bryce Young, but I don't know. Could be CJ. It could be CJ. And you know what? 
I'm fine with either. It better not be Levis, though. What would you do if it was I'm Levis? I'm going to lose it. I'm <laughs> going to lose it. You going to do like me at the I'm draft? I'm going to do like you did when the Cowboys drafted Ty Smith, but you were wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. But I don't think out. you'll don't be think wrong, wrong, wrong on that one. Yeah, you ain't wrong with Will Levis. <laughs> yeah, if they go Will Levis. Uh, honestly, if they go defense, I'll be upset. I know oh, yeah. Talk oh, about. Yeah. If go, you don't take your franchise quarterback here, like, what are you waiting for? Exactly. Anything other than those two guys, I think I'd be upset. Yeah. Stroud or... Uh, and DeAndre Price Hopkins young. makes about ten million more than ten Cooks million right more. Ten million more. Oh yeah, cool. okay. So Cooks is making eighteen million this season, and Hopkins is making like twenty-seven. And he's, I mean, he is ten million more. Oh, I agree. Better. Ten million. Better. But you don't want that on your cap. Yeah, yeah. You don't I want agree. that on your no, cap. I, I'm, I'm with, with you. Yeah. If we're asking, are they even swap on contract? They're not. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't want. You don't want D Hop back. Remember, the organization decided that he wasn't the right fit for the organization. Right. Right. Bill even Bryan. I heard decided. that. Yes, because he had too many. Oh, allegedly, Mike Lurvin said he had too too many baby mamas. Come on, baby man. mama drama. Come on, man. And the Texans didn't want that. Man, yeah. please. You know how I many people in the NFL? Well, I got that drama. Hey, remember they want to be the Chick Fil A of the NFL. They yeah. want to operate um, within the the construct of a, Christ, a Christianity based. Did they walk out there and say, "My pleasure"? Uh, no, no. Yeah, like I said your nuggets ain't that good, Texas. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chick Fil A can do that because they have the best damn nuggets in all of America and all the world. Maybe that's you got why. A jacked up drive through talking about <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got. Yo, broke down drive through talking about. We the Texans. Nah, nah, you ain't the Chick-fil-A of the NFL. Get over <laughs> right. it. All right, we come back. Uh, we got the flex on the other side. Right here on Baldo Live. What a foot out the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday uh, designed to uh, soothe the uh, tortured soul of sports fans, mostly Philly fans these days, uh, Philadelphia sports fans dealing with another heartbreaking loss in the championship game. They had the MLS loss. They had the uh, the loss with the Phillies in the World Series and now in the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Boom. There you go. Just glad you got there. Go out there and play that Rocky theme music, and y'all might have another shot at it. I don't know. (laughs) That's a Cowboys fan, so he's happy about the way things are going right now. I mean, what? (laughs) Uh, All right. uh, You can be a part of the show. Specs text on 512-337-3776. Go to uh, Flex or check out the Flex, flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms as well. Um, You can go there and check out. uh, They got some great stuff up there uh, from the showcase still. Also, uh, all of your your hoops uh, 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 news notes and nuggets from your Central Texas high schools that's up there at flxatx.com. Um, since we're talking about high school football and Patrick Mahomes plays high school football in Texas, I thought it was an interesting article that I saw from uh, Thomas Jones who does yep. great work. Speaking of he high does. school sports here in in Austin um, and for the Austin American Statesman, he had up his um, basically the greatest quarterbacks in history from the state of Texas. I thought this was pretty interesting. Yeah. Number 10, because I, I thought Hards would be uh, ranked on here. I didn't play for a state championship. No, That's no. the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stories, though, that, that Hards was a baller, man. He was, he was, he was hardcore. Uh, number 10, he has Charlie Johnson from Big Spring. Okay. Not, I mean, Don't know him. Out, me either. I'm just throwing him to give you the names he okay. gave me. Right. Uh, Matt Stafford, Holland Park. Yep. Number nine. Uh, number eight, Don Meredith. Dandy Don. From Mount Vernon. Okay. Number eight. 
Dandy Don. That's what it says here, too. Yeah, yeah. Dandy Don. <laughs> I, I know that was his nickname. <laughs> uh, um, okay, he says, uh, number seven, Frank Ryan, Fort Fort Worth uh, Pascal. Okay. Um, and that's number six. He's got Tobin Rote, San Antonio Harlandale. You know this guy? Mm-mm. Okay, see? You, you don't even know these people. He's got number five, Patrick Mahomes. Well, there better be some up. Let me, let me see what the Come rest on, of them are. Let me look at the date of this thing. Come on, let me see who the rest it of them are. It says 2023, February 12th. Go ahead, finish them. That's crazy. That he's he's number five, yeah. Okay. Oh, he should be higher than that. Okay, all right. From White House. That's his high school. Mm-hmm. Number four, Y.A. Tittle. Hey, Y.A. Tittle's a bad mofo. Come on, man. Out of Marshall. Hall of Famer, man. Hall of Famer. Let me hate on Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what his real name is. God, I don't know what his Christian name is. Why? Yay. That's your ass. <laughs> That's what it stands for. Yo ass. <laughs> Number three. He's got Drew Brees at Austin Westlake. Okay. Number three. Uh, number two, Bobby Lane, Highland Park. Come on now. I like it. I like it. I, I'll admit, I don't know if he, can, he can't put up ahead of Bobby Lane just yet, can we? No. Well, you can. I was gonna say, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. This dude, this dude got two yeah, of can. them and played in three. Yeah, you can. All right. yeah, yeah. I, I, Actually, I would not argue. You want to put him ahead <laughs> yeah. of? Uh, man, how um, often does a one-legged man win an ass-kicking contest? <laughs> <There it is>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Detroit Lions. Yeah, so yeah. and Bobby Lane some, went here. Exactly. Exactly. You know exactly. I love Bobby Lane twice. Yep. He's a Longhorn and as a Detroit Lion. Right. Uh, number one, slanging Sammy Ball, slanging. Where's he Slangin'. from? Where's he from? Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Oh yeah, slanging. Sweetwater. And he got to say, nobody ever said slinging either. They say slanging. It's slanging. Nobody, even white people when they yeah. back then it was like slanging. Like like when they first came up with the nickname. Yeah, there, there like it in the is. nineteen or whatever it was the fifties or whatever. Yeah. Slanging. So wait a minute. Slanging. So he's ball. talking about just the just quarterbacks in the state of Texas. He said not Super Bowl. He says, I'll read you. It's Lone Stars, how Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts stack up among NFL quarterbacks from Texas. He ain't even listed Jalen Hurts on here. Okay. Because I'm sure he's not worthy of being listed top 10 all time. Okay. Greatest quarterbacks from the state of Texas. Okay. He's Patrick Mahomes number five. I guess he's got Hall of Famers all ahead of Patrick Mahomes because he's not officially a Hall of Famer just yet. But how many of those guys played in the Super Bowl? That's what I'm thinking. That's the number that I'm looking at because I'm sitting here looking okay. at a different thing um, and said Y A Tittle earned seven Pro Bowl bids, three All Pro selections. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know what I mean. Yeah, I don't think they're Super Bowl starters. So I, I'm I'm cool with that. But Drew listen, Brees, listen to the Super Bowl Drew starters. Drew Brees started Super Bowls. 2010, Nick um, Drew Brees. 2018, Nick Foles. 2020, 21, and 23, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and Jalen Hurts. So those are the Texas quarterbacks to start a Super Bowl. Don't make you better than Bobby well, Lane. Well, and Bobby Lane won three <laughs> NFL <laughs> championships. Yeah. It was just pre-Super Bowl. Exactly. Hey, he won three won NFL championships. Bowl. I hate no Bobby Lane. Hey, because Bowl. he's old? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate no Bobby Lane. Hey, I hate no slang and I, I will ball. say, he won three NFL championships. There's your YA right Thank there, you. Rod. What? That's his name. Yilberton Abraham? Wow. That's why he go. That's why he go, yo ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yilbert, is that real? That's crazy. That's, See, that's how you know it's an old name that's no longer in style. That, yep, that's you know? exactly that's like, that's right. That's like Estelle for women. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or you know what I mean? A young Ruth. Betty. 
Yeah, exactly. What's that What's up, Betty? I'm smoking hot Ruth in the club. <laughs> hey, Ruth, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> Ain't no hot Estelle's anymore. You well, let me there. tell you about Estelle. <laughs> man, Estelle, yeah. man, she got that Dunkin' Donk. Yeah. <laughs> she got that. She, she dragging that wagon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's no hot old lady names That's anymore. Right. That's right. right. All right, Gilbertson. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll come back. We got a Super Bowl review on the other side, right here on Baldwin Line 104.9.